Welcome to Let It Lopate at Large. I'm Let It Lopate. Last week, the World Health Organization declared a new strain of, of COVID called Omicron a variant of concern. And as a result, several countries have imposed new travel restrictions. This raises all sorts of questions like how this will affect our holiday travel plans and should people who are fully vaccinated be worried? We have invited industrial hygienist Monona Russell back to our show to help us understand this new development. She is the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, the health and safety officer for Local 829 of IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All. It's published by Wiley. If you have a question for Monona, we can take your calls later at 212-209-2877. Hi, Monona. Welcome back to our show. Well, hi. Hope you're feeling well. I am. I'm okay. I've been uh, following all the rules. Although I'm stunned when I walk down the street and I see how many masks have been discarded. They're just through the street. They're all over the streets. Yeah, I know. They're, <clears throat> they're, they're being used as hammocks by rats, I hear. <laughs> What do you know about Omicron? Was it just discovered in this past week? Well, just this last uh, last month, for uh-huh. sure. It was di- first identified in Botswana, and then we saw it in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it very quickly became 10% of the cases, and then it's, it, it's climbing. So the reason why it is declared uh, of interest is it wouldn't be seen this way uh, if it wasn't if it didn't have an edge on the Delta variant, hmm. uh, it just wouldn't happen. There's, you remember there are, this is the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet that it's named after. So there's yeah. been a lot of other. <laughs> yeah, they skipped, they skipped 10 letters. Um, no, they didn't skip them, um, except they skipped um, U and G because those are common names. And I imagine that pi will also be a problem somewhere down the line. <laughs> well, they had no. Americans they love their pi. They, they went through those because hmm. you, you see, the, but they were flash in the pants. <laughs> They, 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 they've been identified. They were sequenced, but they never went anywhere. This one is of importance because it is showing up in the numbers. And that means it obviously has an edge over the Delta variant. So <clears throat> I always laugh when people say, well, is it more infective? Well, if it wasn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be there. That's the whole point. It has some kind of edge on the Delta virus than that it's beating it out. It's, it has more mutations than other COVID vi- variants, something like 50. Yeah. Uh, why is that important? Well, the further it gets from the virus that we uh, developed vaccines for, the more likely it is that we're going to have vaccines that don't work as well. Um, and I'm especially worried about... Um, the Johnson and Johnson uh, vaccine, because it is cued to the to the spikes, the protein spikes on the virus, not the, the RNA like the other two, mm-hmm. and and those spikes have an awful lot of mutations in them. So, um, I think if you if if one of the problems is going to be the vaccines, that it's going to be the Johnson and Johnson that 
is more likely to have more problems. But this is a very interesting phenomenon. And, and, and we have so much just to wait and see. Mm. We really don't know. This is speculation. Do we know whether each new mutation will take it further from the original COVID-19 virus? Well, yeah, because clearly this mutated from the Delta. So it was already mutated from the Alpha that we started oh, with. And so um, we, it's, it's just each one makes more and more changes. Now, if, if I was the, the, the COVID fairy and I could uh, end this whole pandemic, I would turn this new Omicron virus into something that was exceedingly infectious, but whose disease <clears throat> was no more than a little sniffles. Hmm. So it's it's and not. And that's it's what, not, yeah, that's what. It's the, not the killer uh, that we've seen with some of the others. Right, but in Africa is trying to say that. Um, this this is a less virulent virus because they're very unhappy about the travel bans. Well, but we don't know. We have to see. Well, no <laughs> cases have been reported in the United States so far. No. Uh, well, we you know or at we least only as of to, uh, the the news this morning. Yeah, we 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 have to sequence uh, a lot of. Um, cases in order to see if it's there. It probably is here. There's no reason to think. I mean, it's all over the world. It's in, you know, it's in Australia and it's in Europe and, you know, it's, it's fact, all around. In fact, it was in it's, Europe, we learned, dating before the African cases. It was just that uh, the African uh, doctors were the ones who did the most work on it. Yeah. And now, and now South Africa is being blamed. Well, it, it, it probably arose there, but we're, you know, again, we'll find out for sure hmm. where it, 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 it came from when we looked at all the final data. But it's such a political issue hmm. that, you know, you, you can't trust the early reports um, on a lot of this. So you have to just wait and see uh, when it settles down. But it's going to arise wherever there's a lot of cases. And there were spikes in the EU, for sure, really heavy spikes. And, um, and Japan and Australia have gone into lockdown. Um, New York's Governor Hoko has uh, declared a state of emergency. Um, some people are saying this is an overreaction. Well, because because of, because of these measures are harsher than the reaction to the Delta variant, which you say was much more virulent. Well, we don't know. Hmm. We don't know if it was more virulent. We have to find out. But the the point is um, that, that Japan was already on the verge of doing that just from the Delta. Mm -hmm. We have <clears throat> remember the the spike that we're seeing now. Excuse me. <clears throat> this, I've got the frogs and. Toads and the whole nine yards here. Uh, the, the 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 bug is just really um, uh, now. I'm gonna. What, what was I talking? About? <laughs> I'm 85. We, we, we were talking about um, that we're reacting uh, much more oh, harshly yeah, than we did to the Delta variant, which turned out to be a rather scary one. Yeah, but the spike we're having here in New York and everywhere else in this country is Delta. Yeah. 
And we really are on the we're, we're as in, in some states, we're at the same point that we would have shut down a, a year ago. So, you know, the Delta alone is causing a lot of problems because of the holidays. I mean, we now know, I mean, if you look at where the spikes are, where, where you see the curves rise up, you can almost always trace them either to the opening of the schools, to the holidays when people get together or some big celebration or something where you've got a lot of people getting together. That's what causes it. Let's face it. And, and now you, you're going to see this even when we're all vaccinated because we know that you can get the disease over and over and over. You can get it after you've been vaccinated. So the, the bug is here to stay. It's, it, it, there are reservoirs in all populations, whether you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, or or not. So we'll stop using the word pandemic and start using the word endemic? Yeah, it is here. Now it's you here. used the word political before. Were you being literal about politics or were you saying political in the sense that um, there's sometimes when things are debated, uh, we call we say, well, you took one thing was more political than the other. Well, what they do is is they look at the political implications and then they try to twist the science hmm. to fit. And that's what you always have to look out for, because people are um, just totally aware that if it's happening on their watch, there's going to be some blame involved. So they're going to be saying strange things in order to try to put it on another country or put something else on, on somebody else. It's it's a it's a very sick time that we're living in where the truth just really doesn't matter anymore. And, and you have to wait for the truth. How are these new variants found? Well, they do sequence, <clears throat> excuse me, they do sequence all the time um, just, you know, to watch because they know this is going to happen. And every now and then they will see a new one and somebody will log it and they will get, you know, their, um, credentials in, in upgraded because they found a new new bug. But most of them, just as I said, are flash in the pans because they they don't have an advantage over the the current variant, and so they just kind of wither away and and we don't hear of them. Um, but this one is definitely got an edge on on Delta, and um, so we're we're very likely to see this one worldwide and eventually supplant. Delta. And are these these new variants studied to see if they cause new symptoms or oh, seem yeah. to be infecting I mean, vaccinating people? Absolutely. And of course, the first people who are really collecting this data are the people in South Africa, because what they want to be able to say is that these cases are um, very light and um, that the, the virus is, is less virulent because they, they don't want the travel bans. But, but always look at that motive and, and, and you have to kind of weigh the science and the motive in order to be certain that you're really looking at the right answers. From past experience, do we know that by the time a new variant is identified, it has already spread to other countries? Yeah, because <clears throat> we're not sequencing every case. 
there's there's hundreds of thousands of cases worldwide. So a small percentage of each uh, hospital's cases are being sequenced. And and then uh, sooner or later, somebody finds one that is different. And um, then that gets recorded. And then when you start seeing that same um, variant again and again and again, you know that this one is is a big deal. And, and we have to thank South Africa and, and Botswana for making that information available because it gave us a chance to at least decide whether we're going to open the country and just say, well, come on in, new virus, and here you go. Um, or whether we're going to try to, to slow things down until we find out what, what we're dealing with. Well, uh, might require coming up with a new treatment. Well, it's going to be the same virus. It's in the same category. And that's the that's the thing, because, you know, I said, you know, I, I deal with a lot of the theatrical unions and we have to have policy and we have to we have to keep certain industries like the film industry open. And some shows have been closed down, haven't they? Mm, yeah, and, and a couple of Broadway shows were closed down. Shows, for a few days. shows are not shows are not the film industry. You see, the film industry is easy to keep open. We don't have an audience. You just shoot a different, and you just shoot a different yeah. scene than the one you were going to shoot. Well, no, we can just simply say, you know, you got to find a, a location that has a good HVAC system and can get six air changes per hour, and and do all the other things that we need. And otherwise, we don't show up. So we can get a good venue, we can get the right ventilation, we can get the right precautions. We have the, there, there's always money for testing. And so everybody is tested. We can even very often put them up in pods and keep them separate from um, gatherings and so on. So there's a lot of things to keep the film industry. Well, the film industry never really shut down, you know. It stayed open the whole time. And, and I, I, I had played a small part in that, which, of which I'm rather proud. Um, but as soon as you talk about a show, you have people coming into an old building called a theater and sitting cheek to jowl. Yeah. And that is that is the issue. Um, even when you can get enough space and some air purifiers in the in the orchestra pit and you can get enough ventilation in the house uh, and, and stage uh, for, for the actors, you still have that audience just jammed in there and you can't make your nut. You can't get the money if you haven't got a full audience. So th- this is the toughest one. And it's that that's why Broadway stayed down so long and the film industry never had to close. You're listening to Leonard Lopit at large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. Uh, we are speaking with uh, with uh, Monona R- Russell R O S S O L. He she is a an industrial hygienist, and uh, as uh, we made it clear, she also works for any number of people in, or any number of groups in both theater and film. So she has to really be aware of the the uh, how this these things spread. Uh, should some of our the restrictions on indoor gatherings be reinstated? I think that's common sense. It really, really is. <clears throat> I know it's not popular, um, but... Um, We're back more- to wearing masks all the time, even indoors? 
Well, yeah, and 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 we really, you know, we really need to understand when we're talking about masks that they're really for the protection of others. They don't really protect you that much mm. Not from the real problem. The real problem is the tiny aerosol, the really small particle, and that's going to go through. I don't care how many layers of cloth or what kind of cloth you got, they're going through. Um, so that's you. You can't really protect yourself unless you're wearing an N95 that is fitted to you and it's really doing the job. Otherwise, you're you're not really really protected. Um, but when you get everybody wearing a mask, you cut down the transmission rate incredibly because you are catching all the big gobsmackers and you're keeping people a little bit away from each other. It's just really it works. And in, in, you just can look at the countries that institute masking and you can just see the difference in transmission rates. It's now pretty clear. Well, it might be easier to convince people in the cold weather because the masks actually keep us warmer. My only problem is that I wear glasses and they steam up. If you get a good nose piece on your mask, it won't do that because it'll, it'll squirt out in other places. Your problem is your mask is not fitting tight up around your nose and upper cheeks so that the air is is directed up to your glasses. So well, you just need well, to find a way to direct it elsewhere. Well, I have used the mask that you recommend and, and squeeze the, the metal, but I don't know. Maybe it's just my nose. Um, so Yeah, I mean to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, a reminder that uh, if you want to join this conversation, you have any questions, the number is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. We've talked in the past about schools. Uh, the New York City public schools fully reopened this fall. Uh, has that situation been going fairly smoothly so far? <clears throat> Depends on who you listen to. Um because I'm, I'm also a nonprofit and um, accept emails and calls from from the general public, there are a lot of very unhappy teachers and and other workers in schools, people who work in the kitchen or in the cafeteria or in in, in custodial work, um, and they're very unhappy because the the ventilation was not really fixed. Many of these schools, you can't really fix it without a major building project because they don't have an HVAC system. Um, and they're trying to do it with air purifiers and um, it, it's, 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 it's cobbled up. I, I, I really, you know, because I come from an industry that did stay open and did, and did it very successfully with almost no transmission of significance, um, I know what works. But you've got to put the money into the ventilation system. You 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 just do, and um, there there was money out there for this, and there was time. The schools were closed for quite a while, but there was no will to do that, and and so I personally would would close schools that don't have yeah. an HVAC system yeah. because windows are not cutting it. Um, air can blow into the windows, out of the windows, or not blow through the windows. It depends on the weather. and the It's getting colder, obviously. <clears throat> and it's getting colder, so we're going to shut the windows. So, you know, I mean, I, I just think it's, it's, it's kind of 
I, I, I wonder when people put their children at risk. I, I, I mean, I don't have children, so I, I can't really talk. But it has dang. been a major concern, and we'll get to the whole business of age difference in a moment. But, you know, we're getting calls. Should we take a few? Why not? Okay. Let's go to the first call. BAI, you're on the air. Yes. Uh, good Good afternoon. Uh, greetings, Leonard, to the uh, beloved community, and love when you take calls. Uh, my question to the guest is um, she mentioned that Johnson & Johnson targets the, uh, the spike protein on the, the outside of the virus and that the other vaccines have uh, a technology to target through RNA, um, well, that's part of the question. Further elaborate on the technology itself of Johnson & Johnson and this new technology, which is not a vaccine but a genetic engineering of how, it, hopefully in a simplified layperson format, of how this genetic engineering works. I share some of that technology with us yeah, uh, that a lay person might understand, and I'll listen over the thank air. You. Thank you. Now, Monona, would you call it genetic engineering? Yes, in a sense, it, it, we, you know, this was a real breakthrough. Um, you know, we, what, what it does is it is, is just a way to stimulate our immune response to something. It isn't like, you see, the old, the old vaccines, you, you, you killed a virus or you disabled a virus and you stuck the whole damn virus in the person. And uh, uh, the, the, the body would then see this thing that it could easily beat because it wasn't really much of an enemy, but it perceived it as an enemy. And then it um, built up antibodies so that when the real thing came along, it was all set to wipe it out. We didn't do that. Um, and we didn't have the time. And we also had a danger. Well, we virus. couldn't predict COVID. Well, that's why. And we, yeah. it, it came up and then we just had to move quickly and, and bless their hearts. What they did is they took chunks of the virus and used that to stimulate the immune system. And it worked fairly well. And that's a big breakthrough. This is an important thing to know. The only thing is we are now learning also the downside of this new technology, this new kind of engineering. And so we have um, vaccines that target specific um, parts of the virus, not the whole virus, but specific parts. And um, the, the spike proteins are so mutated now that we may see some diminution in the Johnson & Johnson. And again, we don't know for sure. This is not solid because we haven't had the data yet. We don't know, but it is likely. Um, the other one goes after the RNA. That's the, the genetic material that's inside the virus. And it's very important to know why we say RNA and not DNA, as viruses do not have DNA. DNA is something like a bacteria would have. And a bacteria can reproduce on its own. You give it a little water, a little food, and it'll grow and make more bacteria. A virus can't do that because it only has RNA. And it needs to hijack one of your cells 
and use your mechanism for reproduction in that cell hmm. in order to reproduce itself. So it, if once it's laying out on a surface, its time is limited, whereas the bacteria could, with a little water and a little good condition, keep growing and make more of itself. That virus just lays there like a lox because it cannot make more of itself until it's in a cell. And it can only do that in the cells in our body that have ACE2 receptors. And those are our spike protein sort of things. And so it connects up to those cells and gets inside that cell and then hijacks the cell's reproductive mechanism to make a whole bunch of itself. So unfortunately, in the human body, we have ACE2 receptors in a lot of systems and all through the respiratory system, all through the gut, uh, in, in the, uh, the uh, um, blood system, the heart. So that's why you see these strange effects because it can, it can take up residence just about anywhere. Mine took up residence in the neurological system and I have some difficulty uh, with uh, coordination and walking now. Um, so it just depends on, on where, where it sets up housekeeping. Does, it, does that tend to be determined by uh, the age of the person? Because over the past year and a half, there's been a division between the young and healthy and the older and more uh, vulnerable. Uh, older people uh, and the immunocompromised have to restrict, have been restricting well, their activities. Will they have to do that indefinitely? Well, you know, I'm four years older than dirt, so, you know, I have to be really careful because it can just take up residence anywhere, uh, you know. So I understand it, that the severity of the disease is definitely associated with age. But where it takes up residence probably is not because we see very young people with heart problems because hmm. it took up residence there. So if it, we have a lot to learn yet from this bug. It, it's not like just a real simple age related. The age is definitely related to the severity of the disease, but, but how it functions is not. And there's one other thing, and that is where the virus lands first. Hmm. We now know that when we're dealing with those little tiny particles that deposit right in the alveoli, those little air sacs in the lung, that those alveoli cells all have ACE2 receptors, as do the phages in there that clean up stuff. And so it can start right where the pneumonia starts. So some people go directly to pneumonia. They do not have sore throats, runny noses, any of the other symptoms at all. And so those are some of the infections that turn out to be really kind of devastating. Should we take another call? BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Mr. Lopate, how are you? I, I'm well. And yeah, COVID-free. I know it's very rare <laughs> you take phone calls, so... It's always a good opportunity to, to catch you live. <laughs> well, I'm, um, I'm live pretty much, well, most days, other than when we are either preempted or uh, we have to rerun something. But uh, yeah. we're live 
I, I would say 85 to 90 percent of the time. Okay, that's nice. So I notice every time they have a new variant, because it's true that viruses always mutate. Every time they had a, they have a variant. Look what happened last last summer. Um, <clears throat> actually, this past summer, because last 2020 was pretty much shut down. Come Memorial Day 2021, everybody went to the beach unmasked, and that's what caught. I think that's what that's what spawned the the, the Delta variant. Now this is like about six months ago, because we're in December now, and the Delta variant is still here, and we have this Omicron variant along with the Delta variant because of Thanksgiving. Everybody went up with thanks Thanksgiving. Well, not really, because uh, it hasn't really hit in this country. And yeah, I don't, don't think that the people of Botswana or South Africa or Japan or Australia uh, uh, or some of the other countries affected actually celebrate Thanksgiving. It's a very American holiday. Uh, yeah. But we've seen I've a spike been... in Delta. Right, yeah, haven't yeah. we, Monona? Oh, yes. It's, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. Right now, we haven't even identified uh, in Omnicom. Yeah. So um, this is all Delta that you're looking at. Well, I've been I've been lucky so far. I haven't I have I've, I've, I've I kid you not. I have not gotten COVID-19 since. And, you know, I'm always scared because I just started renting out my room hmm. on Airbnb. So I've had quite a number of guests. I've been doing it for six months. Still haven't gotten sick because, you know, I take, you know, good immune system. I eat and drink healthy. But you know these are these you know this is the virus in itself is something that I haven't experienced in my whole lifetime, and with the the fact it's mutating, I fear that um wait you've never had the will, flu it, 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 well of course yeah I remember when well I was, this when is I was, a this is was, isn't yeah. this a variant of the flu Monona? it's kind of like you can you can certainly call it analogous to the flu yeah, yeah. it's mm. in the same family even if yeah it, yeah you, you I remember have, when I was young. What, what is your point, when I was, caller? No, see, I remember when I was younger, man. I used to get, I used to get the the flu's real bad. I used to get the fiery chest and 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 terrible cough. But you know, as I got older, when I, the, you know, when I when I get cold, which is very rare, maybe like once a year, I just get like a stuff, stuffy nose. That's about it. Sore throat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no you're more a chest healthy pain. guy. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not no spring chicken. I'm 43. Uh, well, I'm almost double that, but okay. Have a good day. Okay, thank you. Uh, you're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. American city, you will find it very pretty. Just two things of which you must beware. Don't drink the water and don't breathe the air. Pollution, pollution, they got smog and sewage and mud. Turn on your tap and get hot and cold running crud. We're back with Minona Russell, who is an industrial hygienist president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, and also the health and safety officer for local A-29 of IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All. It's published by Wiley. And we are taking calls. Uh, Our number here is 212 
209-2877. So let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, uh, my name is Mary. Hi, Mary. Um, um, first of all, I'm so grateful to be able to listen to this information. Thank you very much. Um, secondly, I have a comment and a question. A quick comment is if your glasses fog in doctor's offices, they actually have a spray now for your glasses. Um, if the nose thing isn't working for you, uh, okay. <laughs> I, just you, I just thought I'd let you know that. Uh, but the question is, I have psoriatic arthritis, so it brings into the autoimmune system problem. And uh, my question is, how does this relate to somebody, because I'm also 70 years old, so I don't understand how doctors tell you you have an autoimmune disease, so you should have the vaccine, and I haven't had the vaccine. Yet when I listen to WBAI, I, I hear over a five-year period it can destroy your immune system. So why is there that conflict in such an important area? And what, can you explain, again, in layman's terms, what it does to a person who has an autoimmune disease? Monona? It makes it worse at all. If you have an autoimmune disease, that is, is, is in a sense, just an, a risk factor for your, the severity of this disease if you get it. You, you yes. know, but if you, I have the vaccination, is my question, is that a better status or not? Because over in listening to this station, I have heard immunologists say that the autoimmune disease in your system, and I have psoriatic arthritis in a, in a very mild way right now, and I've never gotten the flu. I was a teacher, and I don't take flu vaccinations. So I think I have pretty good resistance to that. Well, you, you, you're talking is, about what you hear on BAI. There are conflicting shows, but you uh, people tend to believe or to, to go with the show that that satisfies their own sense of, of how things are. Uh, I'm just trying to work things out on, for my audience here without worrying about yeah. what other people are saying. Well, I guess my question is, you just explained about the receptors and everything. How does it influence that whole situation if you have an autoimmune disease? That's all. I'm just trying okay. to say, why are you saying, am I at more risk that way of, to getting the virus uh, with an autoimmune disease? But if I take the vaccination with all that stuff that you just, <laughs> sorry, I'm not more specific, uh, explained about the receptors and everything, doesn't that in a way put you more at risk? And people have said that it will actually like, turn against you, that your immune system won't even be working within five years. And is that, do you? No, that, that is not going to happen. Um, it is not going to ruin your, your immune system. The only thing that is likely to happen is that it won't work as well for you. The, the, the vaccine may not be as protective for you. And that's as far as I can see. You know, you should probably take that question to um, the, the, the CDC's website or a place like that and get get an official opinion. Because what I am is an industrial hygienist. And, and I should also make it clear that when I'm talking about this, some of this is not union policy. Uh, I'm also the safety uh, consultant for SAG-AFTRA and for other unions. My so, union. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I have, um, uh, but I am not speaking for the unions when I when I 
uses. And I do think that experts need to stay in their lanes a little more than they have. Um, I have general knowledge so that I can set policy. I mean, I've set the briefing points for our policy um, based on what we know about this virus at this point, because we have to have protocols in order to decide whether or not we open this or we work here or how we function. Um, This is a very technical question. And um, what I think you should do is go to the people who really do this work, not 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 people who talk on the radio, (laughs) but people who who are actually engaged. I would would start with the CDCs and I would look at some of the the, the staff there and other people. I would I would get into conversations with, you know, you can. So you Google CDC and then uh, try to go through that whole complicated thing before somebody finally comes on and talks to you. And no, well, no, but my, my last thing on what you're saying is, is there anyone really tracking people with autoimmune diseases? to be able to create protocols at this point. If you you use the internet correctly and start start Googling and look for the research, you're going to find someone whose entire life is premised on your question. That you're going to find the researchers that work in that specific field. And you can do it by Googling the various research papers and following. And you'll see the names. And you only want to be looking at peer-reviewed journals. And you will find that there is someone who not only knows the answer to that, but half of his life has been devoted to those questions. Thank you for your call. Let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, oh, thank you for taking my call. How's it going? Um, so I called one other time a few months back, and I was able to get your scientists to admit that the mRNA changes in your body uh, potentially is permanent and that the long-term effects uh, due to pregnancy are uh, unknown. So I was able to get your scientist or doctor at the time to admit that if you're not pregnant, there's no reason for you to take this risk. Um, my question really involves the children. It's with no long-term data, do you think society is experiencing cognitive dissonance because their every health official is telling them to go get their children shot up with this experimental gene therapy shot and telling mother, pregnant mothers to go and get it and that it's safe? Do you think that we're, we're being lied to? And, and I'd love to answer the question. Monona? Uh, there's no 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 identified risk to a pregnant woman at this point. Um, it, it, yeah. It's up to 100%. I, I, even the way the, the question is phrased is is accusatory. And 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 this is the kind of politics that that are, are frightening. You don't want Wait, you, 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 you need to you need to just concentrate Call a letter on and respond and then you can talk. The, it's okay. you, you just you just need to look at at, at the positions the, the the positions of the of the experts on on pregnancy and 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 again not not people who speak on the radio not people <laughs> who have a political agenda but the people who do the actual research and what I said to the the young lady before is is there are people and you can easily identify them and I talk to a lot of them. Um, on specific issues, people who write the the accepted papers on that subject, and you can find 
papers on pregnancy and the uh, and the effects of this uh, virus and the effects of the vaccine. And those are the papers you want to look at. And those are the people you want to talk to, not not the not the other people. Most of them are funded. Okay, well, go ahead. The question is, with the data we have, with the amount of risk, hospitals, there was one hospital in Illinois that had um, eight um, dead babies within within four days of birth. And the only common denominator, and they usually only have eight for the year, by the way, the only common denominator was that all eight of the mothers had had the shot during pregnancy. So there is loads of data screaming to be careful. And why are we mandating this or pushing this on people that are not at risk, guys? I mean, 0.00003 for children for, for a fatality rate? Are you kidding me? There's well, actually, the rates for children seem to be going up. But I have, they are. And they I are have to tell you, I am grateful <laughs> for having had the shots because I feel safer. Uh, I haven't had any problems. I feel safer as a result. Uh, there have been breakthroughs with some people, haven't there, Monona? But the, the breakthroughs always seem to have been a lot milder than uh, the, 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 when it's the first time. Well, the last time I looked, there were about 6,000 deaths in people who have been double vaccinated. So it does happen, but it's a very small percentage. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hey, how y'all doing? Good, good afternoon. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, my name is Africa from North. Um, the vaccines, whether you take it or not, you're still going to catch COVID. You're still going to be able to give COVID. <clears throat> and I'm not, and look, I'm not a vaccine denier. Like, let's get that out of the way right now. I don't trust the CDC. I don't trust the government. I don't trust Fauci. We don't trust these people because we all know our medical system is for profit. It's for profit. Well, can I can I interrupt you for just a second? You know, Fauci has yes, been may. working for both Republican and Democratic uh, administrations since Ronald Reagan. That means an awful lot of stuff has come along during that time, which nobody que- and nobody questioned him and said, "Oh, uh, in dealing with some of these other uh, illnesses, you are out to make money." Uh, suddenly. In this case, which has become seems to have become political as much as anything else, suddenly Fauci is a bad guy. Well, was it? Why wasn't he a bad guy under Reagan, under both Bushes, etc.? Exactly. Gotcha. He's always been a bad guy. Oh, he's, he's always a been guy. a bad guy. Oh, and we just you. found out now. No, 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 no. I'm about to tell you. No, look, people like me that don't have money, that are not part of the state, don't get to voice their opinion. You're doing the AIDS epidemic. Yo, he gave out drugs like NZT that kill people, that kill people quicker than AIDS. Yo, these people have been committing crimes since before I was born. He's been there since the 80s. Ronald Reagan wasn't good for black people. They locked black people up. They attacked black communities. They used the system, the government, to attack black people. So are you one of those guys who doesn't wear a mask on the subway? Yo I, yo, I, yo, I got on a mask because you got to do it. You live in the Matrix. You have to wear a mask. I'm wearing the mask because if I don't wear it, I can survive in this reality, in this world, because people will bully me to death. So I have to wear the mask. But I, once again, I didn't say I was a vaccine denier. I didn't say I'm against science. But you, you, Lenny Lopez, you know this is a for-profit institution. 
Johnson and Johnson. We were talking about the, the um the, the um vaccine that didn't cure people. It only the, the the vaccine only lasted for six months, six to four months. Then they wore off. But at the beginning, they told us if you took the vaccine, you will be safe from COVID. Yo, this this video of Fauci saying you don't need a mask. There's videos of these people contradicting themselves, and we all act like we're not seeing what is going on. We're okay. seeing it. Nona, you want to respond? Is there a conspiracy out there? Yeah. And there's a conspiracy in the people who are claiming there's a conspiracy. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's destroying this country. And I, I feel very sorry for you. Well, my, my guess is... Monona Russell, and we are talking, and it's a big debate, partly because uh, there also are people who have taken a very different position than you, uh, and, and that that's, seems to become political as much as anything else. When we look around the country, many of the people who are most anti-vaccine and anti-mask are Republican politicians. So... Um, do you, why do you think this has become a political thing, Monona? Uh, I think, again, once you accept one lie, it's very easy to accept others. You mean the, the I, lie that Donald Trump won the election? Yeah, I, I think I think that in, integrity is is and facing truth is 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 a, a skill that hopefully we all learn. Some of us do not. And it's easier for them to accept a lie. And once you accept that first lie, the others are very, very simple. And then everything has to feel right. It doesn't have to be right. You don't have to check it out. You don't have any hard decisions to make because if it doesn't feel right, then it's wrong. And so now you have this emotional, political view. And I see it all the time. And it's frightening because there's no point arguing. Absolutely none. Um, what I do is every morning I read for about two hours <clears throat> because the amount of research that's coming out worldwide is just astonishing. And um, the only way I can keep up for the unions and to make good decisions is to keep abreast of all of that. Um, and <clears throat> as I pointed out to the young lady before, I literally contact some of these people they may be in Australia, they may be in the UK, they may be here in the States, but th this is their life and they are, they love to talk about their work and I get um, opinions and uh, uh, this is what I do. I can't deal with, with the kinds of statements that I, I hear coming from these people and um, there is no hope. I mean, there's no hope of reaching someone like that. You can just listen. And you know that there's no argument that's going to, to make a dent. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Uh, yes. Moving away from the political to more of the scientific, uh, the media has been saying that there's over 50 mutations with this Omicron strain, uh, 30 specifically to the spike protein. Uh, that seems like an awful lot to naturally happen. Could we be looking yeah. at a bioweapon, in your opinion? No, but it is, certainly is awesome. Nature is pretty awesome all by itself. Um, it was, you know, all of this is just teaching us so, so much. Um, I, there, there's no way anybody set up a, a weapon because we don't even know if this one is more, more deadly. 
But Monona, diseases in the past have all mutated, haven't they? Yes, they all do. As soon as it's an, people mutate. Way, way before we had, uh, the, before the United States even occurred, there were people dying from all sorts of, in fact, the, was it the, the, the Black Plague? And I Black assume Plague, there was a yeah. lot of mutating going on during that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There were, and, 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 and the, um, uh, the 1918 flu, there were actually various varieties of that that were still occurring into the 20s and 30s. Um, so, you know, the, the, the organisms, anything that reproduces mutates. That's why we don't look like the people who walked out of Africa um, a million years ago. Uh, we've mutated again and again and again and again and again. So this and, virus will never really totally disappear. Uh, but uh, uh, should we assume that if people and if people have immunity, it will be controllable and cease to be a health crisis? As we that's that's the hope. That's the hope because as long as we we still you know because one of the people who said was was a little bit off the wall was did make one point that is correct, and that's that anybody can get it. And that is true, um, whether you've had it before, whether you're vaccinated or whether you're unvaccinated. All groups can get it under certain circumstances. Um, the, the severity of the disease is changed by vaccination and by having had it once. Um, but it is not impossible to get it again. And it is not impossible to even die from it once you've had it. Um, it, it's just the it's just the nature of this particular bug. Do we, um, I just was wondering. Uh, I'm going to ask my engineer. Do we have time to sneak another call in? Okay, let's take another call and make it as you have to make it very quick because we only have a couple of minutes. Caller, you're on the air. Hello. Okay. Hello. Okay, well, actually, uh, I'm going to move on because uh, that caller is not really responding very well. And we, uh, as I said, we only have two more minutes. Uh, anything you want to add, Monona, before we end this conversation? Yeah, just make sure that you realize that I'm telling you my, my personal opinions. Um, I'm not speaking for the unions that I work mm -hmm. for. Um, and when I if, if you want to know what their policies are, I'm sure, you know, I can tell you. But this is not what, what we're doing here. We're going over the general information about this virus. And it is a fascinating subject because we're learning. I've never seen the scientific community learn as much as fast as since this virus has, has, has appeared. I'm concerned that we're going to run out of Greek letters the way we have run out of names for the, uh, for the hurricanes. Yeah, then we'll put little numbers after the, the different letters and we'll just keep going and going and going. <laughs> do you think that we're going to need a booster every year like we do with flu shots? It, it, unless we come up with something new. Yeah, that's that looks like what we're going to be. We'll probably be adding it to the flu shot. Uh huh. Well, are they? Well, they're related, but they're not the same. Do you think that uh, some. Well, that would work. You could you could have a flu shot in one arm and, and, and the COVID in the other. Yeah. And that's fine. Okay, well, uh, let's hope that we can talk about some other things the next time you're on our show, because uh, I always love talking with you, but this topic seems to be so politically charged that um, it, it is hard to just have a, a, a friendly conversation without people getting upset. 
Yeah, well, I can think of some really interesting things that have been happening that you know, we could talk about. And so we'll, 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 we'll discuss it. Okay, well, if this hadn't come along, if Omicron hadn't come along, we probably would have been talking about those other things today. But, well, to some degree, we have to respond to what's going on in the world. And, and I'm so grateful to you for bringing your, all of your knowledge to our show. I've been speaking to industrial hygienist Monona Russell. Uh, the book she's written is Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All. Monona, we'll speak to you soon, okay? Thank you. Love to. And that brings us to the end of, of the show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn for preparing today's interview. You can access our archive of over 500 past shows at WBAI.org and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are available. Also at LeonardLopateAtLarge.com. And if you'd like to write to me, my email address is LeonardLopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off today, I need to take a moment to ask you to support the station. If you care about Leonard Lopez at Lodge and all the other great programs on WBAI, we need your help to keep this whole thing going because we rely 100% on listener contributions. We don't take ads, what they call funding credits at other public radio stations. We just go to our listeners and say, please see your way to helping us because we want to be totally free of any influence from outsiders. So I hope you'll step up and make a contribution at whatever level you're comfortable with by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 212-209-2950 right now to keep the kind of unique in-depth content we bring you on the show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. That's 212-209-2950. And one great way to support the station throughout the year is uh, by becoming a sustaining member for $10, $15, or whatever level you're comfortable with, what we call a BAI buddy. But however you contribute, whatever you do, please be sure to make that contribution in the name of Leonard Lopez at large. And my great thanks to everyone who is helping to keep us on the air with, with their generosity. And we hope you can join us again tomorrow when Deborah Caldwell Stone, director of the American Library Association's Office for Intellectual Freedom, will discuss the past, present, and future of banned books. We'll see you then. <laughs>